When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about making that trip as a child, asking your imaginary friend who lives in your finger what movie he wants to see, and going home to watch it. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood <laughs> movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, one guy who absolutely loves this movie and another who probably didn't even watch it, Sean Pryor and AJ Vance. How the heck are you? Yep. Yeah, you're right Give on. Give it to me, daddy. Never again, at you're, least. You're, <laughs> you're a long bitch. Yeah, well, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> a long bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. You're at the beginning of an episode where we take a classic movie you love from childhood and give you every single bit of information you could ever need about the movie while dissecting it scene by scene. So stay tuned for all the fun. Before we get into the movie, please don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, which includes Spotify now. You just hit that little button right while you're listening. Also, check us out on Patreon uh, to learn how to directly support this podcast and get access to voting on upcoming movies and bonus weekly audio content that only you get to hear join 150 growing other happy and satisfied patrons patreon.com slash confused breakfast and of course we are rolling on youtube we are over a thousand subscribers it is going new channel every single episode if you're liking this and you're like i want to see what's happening in this episode you can check it out go subscribe see what we look like and all the links to everything you'll ever need can be found at confusedbreakfast.com. Type it in or look for the episode notes for a link. There it is. But before we get started. Hurry this up. Man. I know, Sean. Hold Sean, on. This is a very shopping at the bit. We, we do have a voicemail, but this is a very special guest phone call okay. at, at 319-804-9596. Okay. This does not fit the, the movie that we're doing today at all, but it is awesome. Here we go. All Great. right. Warning. I'll see the groundhog. Think it's going to be an early spring? But how you doing, guys? I'm glad you guys are thinking about me and talking about me. Uh, Groundhog Day and uh, Home Alone are two great memories for me. And I'll never forget uh, Home Alone. Uh, You know, it was my first movie. And they wanted me to drive this car. And I had to drive it 
around the camera and then offset. And then I found out that the car didn't ha it had a stick shift. It didn't have automatic transmission. Except for the three days that I worked selling meat out of the back of a truck, I had never driven a stick before. <laughs> so they had a teamster drive me around the parking lot and teach me how to, you know, and put in the clutch and use out the clutch. And, then, and so I thought I was ready, and we did the scene. And the whole time I'm doing the scene, I'm you know I'm not even thinking. I'm doing the scene with McCulky Culkin, and I'm McCulky. not even thinking about my lines or what I'm saying. I'm thinking about getting that car around that big camera. And we get through the scene. I get in the car, and I pull around the camera. No problem. Boom. Cut. And Chris Columbus, the director, comes and he says, Hey, Kenny, that was really great. Uh, except you didn't put your headlights on. <laughs> you got to do it all again. Let's go back to one. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. So we do the whole scene again, you know, a master scene. And then that's why you see at the end of that scene, me, because, uh, you know, I didn't know how to drive a stick. So when I hit the dashboard and go, son of a, son of a was not what I said. Uh, so we had to dub that in later. Anyway, that's one of my fun stories from Home Alone. That's that's our friend, Hell yeah. our new friend of the podcast, Ken, Ken Hudson Campbell. Ken Campbell. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just like found out that we had been talking about him in a couple episodes and wanted to leave a voicemail. So you serious? I gotta love Ken Hudson that's Campbell, amazing, man. man. I know that voice from anywhere. Of you know course. that right away. And <laughs> yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, who was that? Yeah. You got problems. You're at the wrong Come podcast. Come on, man. <laughs> we love that dude. Yep. Obviously. See the groundhog? <laughs> Gonna be in early spring? Gonna be in early spring. All right, boys. Time to introduce today's movie on this episode. We discuss one of the scariest movies of all time, a psychological right. thriller that only gives us two deaths, yet frightens the bejesus out of all of us. Number 66 on the IMDb top-rated movies of all time, Way and perhaps the most parodied pop culture referenced movie of all time. We are, of course, talking about 1980s The Shining. And for those of you looking to get a refresher on the movie quick, HBO Max, our trustworthy streaming platform, has this rolling as of the middle of February 2022. Do you guys know what HBO Max stands for? Oh, uh, no. I only found this out recently. I did, I'm going to let you say Home box it. office max? No, no, no. Like, I thought it was like extra special HBO yeah. like, to the max. Uh, yeah. No, it's HBO and Cinemax combined. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Brilliant. It's, yeah, I guess that's what, what it stands for. But for some reason, I still need a goddamn Cinemax subscription off of Amazon to watch other shit. Never mind. Let's you know, let's leave this in a happy place, guys. Happy while you're place. while you're there, watch other Kubrick movies because he's like all Warner Brothers. He's just got the Warner Brothers catalog on there. So well, look at that. Give, yeah. your, give yourself have a good okay. time. Lord and Savior Stephen Kubrick. <laughs> Stan. Stan. Stan Kolbrakowski. All right. So in order to properly dissect and review the movies that we do with the modern eye, we must first dissect it and strip away the pure nostalgia. But we have to talk about the nostalgia first. So yeah. AJ, let's start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie. And what you're reading up. Yeah, Jay, let's start with, with the you. wrong person. 
the wrong person. We always start with AJ, and you know, I there's if there's one time I wish we would have changed it up, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, uh, I've probably only seen this movie in bits and pieces between my hands and finding reasons <laughs> to go to the bathroom in the microwave and you know see what's in the fridge. You went to the bathroom in the microwave. Yeah, yeah, I took it in there and almost never mind. Uh, okay, and I gotta say, man, like I've only seen this in bits and pieces, and I'm not going to say that I've never seen it before. Okay. It's not that. It's the fact that I don't think I've seen this in its entirety. Okay. But there's so many references to this movie. It's impossible not to know a lot of like pieces and parts of the movie. So of what I have seen, of what I know about it, I'm honestly going to give you, I, and y'all know me, too spooky. <laughs> this is not not okay. And um, so I've, I'm sorry. I've just got to give it a, a 3.8. 3.8? This is nostal- <laughs> Sean, this is nostalgia ratings. Okay? I know. I know. Okay, 3.8 okay. from AJ. Sean, I'm fine. Sean we're, we're going to skip Sean. It's a 10. Uh, I'm on to me. <laughs> Sean, what, what's your nostalgia rating? I came First out of the, time. I came out of the womb watching this movie. You fucking know it. Just planted yeah, right. it in my eyes. No, I... Um, <laughs> I was scared shitless of this movie when I first saw it, like for real. And I, I mean, we'll get to it, but I still think it's one of the scariest movies ever made. I might have, I had to have seen it really, really young, probably around 10 or something like that. Uh, and now was kind of bits and pieces and then um, renting it from the uh, video store uh, and then watching it in its entirety with like my family and stuff like that. The twins would always haunt me as a kid. Um, the, just the uncanniness of everything would always haunt me. Um, but I have grown out of that to love horror movies, obviously. And I'm here to tell you today that back then I would probably give it, I'd probably give it a seven. Seven. Okay. For me, uh, this movie was a big, huge yuck and yikes for me when Mm -hmm. the first time I saw it. Uh, Yeah. It just, no, (laughs) it it literally, like, I would only walk in during the most fucked up shit. Like, Danny's ridiculous voice as a kid Uh, when he's talking, Uh, and the the old lady cackling, uh, the the, the Uh, guy in the fucking bear suit. Like, uh, that's when I would walk into this movie and I'd say, no thanks. Yeah. I don't want to watch this. I don't want anything to do with this. So, like, we're being honest here. We, we've we given some movies tens as nostalgia. This is, like, a one for me on a nostalgia rating. <laughs> wow. I, and remember... You got a ways to go. We got a ways got to a ways. go. <laughs> but that takes us to a 3.93 as a nostalgia rating, which is officially our second from the bottom. Mm. Princess Bride is the lowest, and then uh, this movie, of course, The Shining, and then Groundhog Day. So I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little afraid to give it lower than I did. I'm glad my <laughs> kid... Nostal- it's nostalgia rating, dude. I, I, <laughs> You can no, forgive me. I, I didn't know. No, I, I I appreciate what you said because I think it's probably lower it's a than huge me. Huge yikes for well, me. I, I, I was never going to seek this movie out. What the hell am I thinking? Never. Giving it a three point eight. I have to learn to live with it. I guess. And like we'll talk about it later. But all right. So next, we like to lock down all the pertinent, important details of the movie. We're just gonna let Sean talk, and then we're gonna call this episode part one, and then we'll come back next week where we actually talk about the scenes of the movie. Sounds great. So Sean, you go ahead and do it, man. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> Produced by Stanley can you, Kubrick. Can you just Kubrick stare this whole whole time you yeah, talk? Yeah. Okay, great. Actually, no. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't think it, no, just stop. Produced by Stanley Kubrick <laughs> and Jan Harlan. Written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson. Based off the novel by Stephen King. Cinematography by John Alcott. Music by Wendy Carlos and Raquel Elkind. Edited by Ray Lovejoy. Directed by Stanley. Motherfucking Kubrick. 
Come on. <laughs> Get on now. Here's the cast. Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers, Barry Nelson, Philip Stone, Joe Turkle, Ann Jackson, and Norman Gay. After the release of Barry Lyndon, the film, while receiving high critic praise, did not perform well at the box office. Looking for a financial success, Kubrick went looking for the perfect novel to adapt when he found The Shining. What he would do in his office... He he was like he had uh, he he wanted to adapt books and he thought that like the the script writing process or like scripts in themselves weren't literary enough for it to like be tra- transferred onto a screen okay. well and so he wanted to and like most of his I think all of his movies are adapted from novels yeah. Um, and so uh, his secretary has a story where she like could hear him like throwing books at the wall like no. when he didn't like them no. and and then she just one day suddenly heard him not throwing anything and it was, <laughs> it was The Shining he loved wow. it. Um, Jack Nicholson was Kubrick's first choice for the part of Jack Torrance, but he had other ideas in case he wasn't available. Robert De Niro, Harrison Ford, and Robin Williams were all backups for the role. Okay. I would like that it, Robin Williams. Robin Williams would be kind of good, I, right? I, I want it to be completely honest. I do. Jack Jack Nicholson is is was made for this yeah. role, but if you're yeah. gonna pick a B, like okay, I yeah. Robin Williams. I I would want to watch that a hundred times. So yeah. awesome. you know, there you go. Looking for the actor to portray Danny was a challenge. Sending his assistant Leon Vitale to several American cities to interview five thousand children, Kubrick eventually found Danny Lloyd. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, his assistant uh, Leon Vitale, who was in Barry Lyndon. Um, there's a documentary about him on Netflix called Film Worker, and it's just like about him, like literally doing research for Stanley Kubrick for like all of his movies uh, from Bear Linden on okay. and it's extensive <laughs> bullshit. Um, he also wanted the uh, Danny character to like have an accent, American accent that was kind of in between Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson. Okay. So he literally went to the Midwest and I think he found him in Illinois. Okay. Uh, adapting the book to film Kubrick employed author Diane Johnson to help with the script coming off of her novel, or I think it was a novella, the shadow knows, which Kubrick was a fan of the pair got to work on the script. The film shot mostly in Elstree Studios in London. However, the exterior shots were shot in Mount Hood, Oregon at the Timberline Lodge, serving as the outside facade of the Overlook, while the, be- the beginning flying shots were shot at Glacier National Park in Montana. The Shining was initially released on Memorial Day weekend on 10 screens in New York and L.A., but eventually made a wide release and to this day has made $47 million worldwide, spawned a television remake, a sequel, and has gone on to be one of the most famous and talked about horror movies of all time. And, and like I said in the intro, parodied. I mean, every yeah. movie. Yeah. The, you think of The Simpsons and you think of all that. Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't a hit when it came out too, like the like Ten Cities kind of thing. Like that was just like initial run, but then when it when it came out, it, it was it kind of bombed mouth at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, before we dive into this full scene by scene review, AJ does the research for us. Talks about the critical ratings, fan reviews of this movie. What do you got, man? This is this is where we got to start in the red tasty place of the tomato meter yeah yeah we got sound, our own yeah. sound bite we have to make a sound bite all right <laughs> <laughs> um this is certified fresh uh yep. the, the tomato meter uh 84% critical that's a little lower than I would have thought, man. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. That is um, number sixteen of any movie we have done for critical ratings. It is uh, right above Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right below Beetlejuice. Okay, hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, 93% audience score oh, yeah. from, uh, okay. from Rotten Tomatoes. A little better there. Huh? A little bit better. Moving over to IMDb, right on par pretty much, 8.4. 8. So that is, that's top three for us. Yeah. Uh, that is really? uh, 8 point, Matrix is 8.7, T2 is 8.5, and The Shining is 8.4. Nice. Mm. Number three of all the movies we've done. All right, IMDb. So I, I will uh, take you through some some criticals here, okay? Uh, so one of my one of my uh, favorites uh, that I'll start here. This is right midline, uh, seventy five out of hundred. However, they like to take it through in Metascore. Uh, Boston Globe. When you sit down for The Shining, you sit down with normal expectations of being diverted, perhaps even being gripped, but not being undermined. But the film undermines you in powerful, incoher- incoherent ways. Uh, it's a horror story uh, for people who don't like horror stories. Hmm. Okay, which I agree with. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, kind of apt. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not a horror like the jump story scare yeah. type horror. Story. I'm not that kind of person. Okay. So like that's I always talk about spooky movies and such and what I don't like. Like this is actually uh, like we'll get to it, but uh, this has become very watchable to me. Yep. For mm-hmm. this movie, and I'm not a scary person, okay. scary movie person, right? Um, Jay Scott at the Globe and Mail in Toronto, our neighbors to the north, they said Kubrick certainly doesn't fail small. One could f- fast forget The Shining as an overreaching, multi-leveled botch were it not for Jack Nicholson. Okay. That was a 38 out of 100. Okay. Oh, okay. Now um, on the other end of this, though, we had Roger Ebert. Okay. Uh, Roger Ebert really gave a lot of praise to this movie. Uh, didn't didn't he initially hate it though, and then he like revised his thoughts? It's like on a revision. This? Yeah, yeah. Mm. The, so I found, was like, I found probably the revision. Okay, of it, cool. Right? Is that true? Have you heard that? four stars? I haven't heard that, but I've heard him. Uh, I've heard of him doing that to yeah. certain movies, which is yeah. which is why I like him as a critic. Even though like sometimes he does kind of get it wrong, <laughs> he'll come back to a movie and like. Give it another chance. I'm like, okay, yeah. I was missing something back then. And- he did that with blank check. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 but the opposite way, probably. <laughs> the opposite way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got to run through the greats. Uh, Shining. <laughs> he was already. Indiana Jones. <laughs> blank, blank check. check. Oh, wait a second. What the hell's that doing up there? He was already having a good day when he first saw it. So he's like, I liked it a lot. I don't know what to say. Every kid's dream. <laughs> Look, this is a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> I, just for the record, I try to bring up Blank Check in every review. Because, I can tell. You that? We should revisit it. Fox. Maybe it's time for a revisit. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some excerpts from this. Stanley Kubrick's cold and frightening The Shining challenges us to decide who is the reliable observer. Who is it in the, in the events that we can trust? Kubrick delivers this uncertainty in a film where the actors themselves vibrate with unease. There is one take involving Scatman Carruthers that Kubrick famously repeated 160 times. Was that perfectionism or was that a mind game designed to convince the actors that they were trapped in the hotel with another madman, their director? Yikes. Did Kubrick sense that their dismay would be absorbed into their performances? There is no way within the film to be sure with any confidence exactly what happens or precisely how or r- really why. Mm. So those are little pieces and parts I took from him. And and I think he, like I say, in the end, he gave it four out of five stars. Okay. Um, it, like, again, giving a lot of praise because it really re- leads with a lot of uncertainty in the film. Mm. Let's get some fun shit going here. Okay. okay? okay. Let's, get that, let's get that one out one of ten. Out. Let's get that one out of ten. Make I got mad. a couple one out of tens for you, okay? Make this me is, mad. This is cool. All right. Let's, let's, I just want to see what Sean's reactions are, okay? Um, so this was in September for September 1st, 2011. Uh, 
it says it's not a horror movie. It's a movie about a crazy guy. One out of ten. <laughs> I searched the top ten horror movies on IMDb and found out that this is one of them. So I watched it. But then I realized this is mo- a movie is not horror. It just made me feel like it's disgusting. First, Jake saw a naked ghost and he was so happy. <laughs> That's not right. He's married. And how come he just acted like nothing happened? He said he will do anything for the son, but then he just lets those ghosts, quote unquote, control him and hurt his son and wife. And then the rest of the movie is just a crazy guy and how to kill his wife. <laughs> He's just crazy, people. I don't understand why people think this is a great movie. Because Jake is crazy? It doesn't say Jake. <laughs> it says oh Jake. I just wanted to make sure that it you're says not Jake. No, it says Jake. He did watch. And I, th- I, think, I think watch this movie is an awful experience. <laughs> I thought he was like referring to a friend he was watching it with. Jake. Like, Jake saw somebody naked and he Maybe. really liked it. I thought too. Maybe Jake is his imaginary friend. Jake, Jake's his finger buddy. Uh, maybe we should come up with a new term other than Quit finger buddy. Jake. Don't watch this, Jake. Jake the finger buddy. Uh, how about one more? All right. Uh, one out of 10, a face in the door. This is by Pathetic Cinema. You got it. August 26th, 2008. Looks like pathetic cinema, but it's all one word. <laughs> we were having a little good time, too. Uh, warning, spoiler! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, man. We need a soundbite for that, by the way. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> no! An air raid siren. <laughs> this movie is about a man who likes to shout things through gaps and doors. <laughs> Jack Nicholson plays the man with this obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 for reals? Okay, cool. Disorder. Disorder. For two hours, he goes around smashing in doors and sticking his face through the hole he's made. Here's Fred. Here's Eddie. Here's Chris. Here's Brian. This goes on and on and on. I expect more from Stanley Coldbricks. <laughs> <laughs> The person who wrote the story for this should be scolded. It's just so monotonous. Here's Simon. Here's Quentin. Here's Keith. How anyone can watch a man going around shouting through gaps and doors for two hours is beyond me. For goodness sake, even the poster has his face sticking through a hole in a door. Okay, okay, we get it. (laughs) General idea. Enough already. There it is. Sorry, oh, Sean. Sean's, la- <laughs> Sean's laughing. You think I this is great. Oh no, I man! I, I don't know what oh. these people are doing. They're just, <laughs> just uh, AJ wrote all of these. I love those. <laughs> I post-dated them on IMDb. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Was that all you got, man? That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, my dudes, what do you say that we attempt to save our failed marriage and overall failed pathetic life by moving into a hotel in the middle of nowhere in pure isolation for five months while we attempt to write a book, even though we have zero writing talent, ideas, or help? Pack your bags, dust off your shining ability, and jump into my yellow Volkswagen Beetle. Here's Johnny! Yeah. <laughs> Let's go! Let's do this! <laughs> C 
mean ones. So Jack Torrance drives to an interview for a caretaker job at the Overlook Hotel. The hotel manager offers him the job, but warns Jack about the risks of staying alone in isolation in the hotel. Jack acknowledges the warning, but accepts the job. Meanwhile, Jack's son, Danny, who is back at home, has a seizure while talking to his imaginary friend, Tony, about the Overlook Hotel. Upon Danny's arrival at the hotel, head chef Dick Halloran recognizes that Danny is telepathic. While Jack and his wife, Wendy, are shown around the hotel, he explains things about his gifts as well as the troubled past of the hotel. The opening credits with the music, it just gets you right into it. It just oh, tells you exactly what this movie is going to be, and it's just dread. You know, the the score by the, by Wendy Carlos and the, the other woman, um, Raquel Elkind, is like, fucking terrifying yeah. like you're listening to it and you're like this is just madness it's like it's like you know you ever see somebody play on like the midi scroll like tool <laughs> okay, chaos <laughs> yeah yeah they're just like that's that's what the soundtrack was kind of to me i'm like this is just chaotic and it's unnerving and now i get it i guess i i laughed my ass off at the intro because of the the, the power of music we yeah. always talk about this. absolutely if you take that soundtrack away yes and you put yakety yak on there <laughs> it's the fucking great outdoors it's just like that's very true oh yeah like, look at this beautiful scenery we're driving to the mountains i as much as amazing just like i want a a horror cut of like heavyweights, I want a family comedy cut okay. of The Shining. I All think right. there's one out there. there I need be. that. I think there's like a like a YouTube thing or something. Please like link us to it. It's like Please tell Jack Torrance is a man who needs a break. <laughs> um, besides besides uh, the actual score that Kubrick hired, like a lot of the music is from other like composers and stuff like that. So like okay. a lot of the string stuff that you hear later is uh, Christoph Penderecki and um, Gre- Gregory or Gregory. Leggetti, who we also used in 2001 to Space Odyssey. So a lot of that music was not written for oh, the yeah. movie. It just, like, when we, we'll get to it, but it works so perfectly for certain scenes and certain yeah. things. Um, you feel unease completely from the start of this movie. A lot, of these, a lot of these type of movies like to lull you into a nice sense of like, it's going to be fun, I promise. Comfort. Huh? Not right off the bat, you're like, God, fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen? They're just keeping that those strings in there, and it's just constantly making you uneasy. Yeah. So, like I say, to its credit, it definitely Oh. Definitely does its job. You guys don't. I mean, you get. You can say whatever you want. You don't have to because I'm here. Oh, I got. I'm gonna no, talk some shit. Okay. It's just fine. Okay, keep going. We'll get there. Here's my number one. I'm gonna talk some shit. This seems like a terrible business model for a hotel. I think so. I gotta oh, say, let's open for five months and then let's yeah. close and hire someone that's probably gonna kill his family. And how yeah. much is how much does he get paid to do this? It can't be much. It can't be much. Like you're you're paying someone to your house it. It's like going to work on a cruise ship. Like yeah. you don't get paid much, and you're gonna sign a six-month contract, but we'll take care of your food and your yeah. boarding. Yeah. So it doesn't sound that bad. Ah. You basically have no, like, real bills unless you want to make them. Whatever he's getting paid, he's saving. Yeah. Because he's not spending any money. Right. <laughs> Would <laughs> you guys go do that? Oh yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. I, 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 I don't know. I, I would do it. I and I know I'm just like every oh. Anyone would just take this. Why wouldn't they do it? If there was at least a decent amount of pay to do it, and like, yeah, like I'm legit, just like going and hanging out, right? And like I, like if I could, inst- I'm not a writer, but if I could take like a right. guitar, right, right, I'd be there. But like, if you had a side job that was like writing or something like right. that, like that would be perfect. You right. know, like I just need some time to fucking just be with the pages, and that's it. You know, what yeah. are you, what else are you gonna do? If like light up the boiler and make sure all the rooms are 
get heated that's, here and there. That's and kind of what it. they say, right? Yeah. It's just like otherwise, I just I'm just like playing video games. Yeah, but you're, you're not in the eighties though. You're like, doing nothing. I know. It's true. You're, no, you're I've got nothing. <laughs> you can't even ski. They don't even do skiing. They don't there. even do skiing. Yeah, it's like oh, it seems like skiing would be great around here. It's like yeah, actually, we decided not to put that into our business model. We decided that we didn't want to add that in because we don't like making money. <laughs> <laughs> the skiing would be fantastic. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. Oh, yeah, man. I bet it is. I wouldn't know. I don't know. The, it turns out when you ski, the fucking Indians shoot arrows at yeah, you. Yeah, you don't want that. that. They had to repel a few as we were building it. I don't know. The Bears country is just a little crazy for it. Dude, so J- Jack literally, from the start, seems like an absolute piece of shit. Right off the bat. Unstable fucker. Yeah. Right off the bat. And that, that was one of Stephen King. Stephen King hates this movie. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should make that. Yeah, he get that out there. Everyone probably knows Stephen yeah. King fucking despises this movie. Yeah, and it's because Jack has no redemption, which it, which he does in the novel, and Jack is kind of like a a, a kind of a cool guy in the beginning, yeah. and he just slowly goes crazy. Um, and in this movie, obviously, like we're saying, Jack is just crazy from the start. It seems. Yeah, and maybe that's the casting of because Stephen King didn't yeah. even approve of Jack being cast. Yeah. I thought of Amityville Horror right off the bat, especially the newer one with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. I guess it's not new, but how that he's like a very likable guy. Yeah. And then you feel for him that that he's being taken over. That's what I don't feel anything towards Jack Nicholson. Correct. And again, why I was saying earlier, like, man, I would have loved to see Robin Williams in this because you could absolutely have believed right up front. Like, oh, my God, what a nice guy. Yeah. He's probably had some mishaps and stuff, but he's really trying. Where in this, I'm like. There's no way he even told his wife about the horror story that he no. heard, yeah. right? He didn't. He didn't You're tell right. them. He didn't want to like leave them in any sort of like situation where they could say, eh, "I don't know, this feels kind of weird." He just said, "Yep, I'm taking the job, and my family's coming with me. You're gonna love it here." Yeah, it, right off, not even that he's crazy off the bat. He just hates his family. Yeah, he right off the bat. Does. Like yeah. it, it's he's just completely dejected by them. Anytime someone says something, he's just like, Ugh. "Yep." Well, you should have eaten. Your breakfast that, that drive in itself like he he doesn't even want to talk to his son until right. he's able to talk about cannibalism yeah. to his five-year-old kid then he's like fuck yeah i'm gonna talk about hey yeah, kid yeah. you want to hear a story about how people eat each other yeah and he got the, he gets that weird jack nicholson smile God, too it like smirk man smirks up You're like, Ugh. it's that's it's his face man is is so much it of is. this character um and i'm not saying that in a bad way but at the same no. time like i say i think I think I would have been much more into this story if I believed he was not this way to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. Even even when he calls her from the hotel saying, like, uh, sounds like you got the job. He says, like, hey, babe, th- that's weird. That, it, that like, yeah. seems weird to yeah. me. Like, like, it it seems like he rehearsed that. Coming up in this scene, too, he puts his arm around her. Like, the only time he ever shows affection to her, he puts his arm around her when they walk away. Yeah. When they're talking to Dick Halloran. And right. even that felt weird to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems unnatural. Yeah. 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 Nothing about him seems natural. And maybe He's, that was just his natural affection to Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, going back a little bit when he, uh, when uh, Danny does like kind of have a seizure or whatever from talking to Tony and seeing the red blood elevator. Um, so that was real. That's all like real blood or like real fake blood in the elevator with it. They just poured, poured out. And that's the trailer. That Just that shot is the trailer back in the day. Oh. And, but the MPA was like, we can't have blood coming out of a fucking elevator for this <laughs> he's like oh it's not blood it's a uh, rusty water and they're like oh, okay 
<laughs> that checks. Hey, does that check out? Oh, uh, checks out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd buy that. Yeah, because yeah. everybody knows that rusty water comes out of an elevator. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it makes sense. We, elevator water. Yeah, it's it's all. We're good. It's all good to uh, me. Well, is Green there light. is there like a water leak or something that we don't? Yeah, know? Yeah. Well, that's the fun of it. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to watch. I can't give it away. Can you see him in the theater? Like <laughs> that motherfucker lied. Yeah, he's like he did his blood. <laughs> dang it. Warner Brothers did kind of let him do whatever the fuck he wanted though. Like Warner Brothers, the reason he worked with them so much was because they gave him final cut on everything. Like they all of his movies and all like the promotion, everything was was all him. He did everything. I I know he's he's very highly regarded, but he also seems kind of like a fucking asshole. Yeah, Yeah. and like to to points where you're like, ugh. It's got to be your way or the highway. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure at this point they're just like, whatever, dude. Just, yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Um, when when he when the she's talking to the nurse or whatever, even she kind of seems like she can sense something, like because she tells the nurse uh, that uh, the broken, what, what, the broken what Jack arm did. Or yeah. And yeah. she, I mean, it may, it may just be the kind of kind of the way that. Stanley Kubrick just directs his actors with like no emotion, you know, but it just, Uh, it just seems like she's like, you know what? I actually, hypothetically, if you guys were to like go take care of a hotel, like in the next couple days or something (laughs) like that, and you were just going to like hang out all together and and just do that, I would, I would say probably not probably don't, but that's hypothetical. It's kind of out there. It's just an example. She pulls like the, the tried and true technique of anything. If you ever want someone (laughs) to keep talking, just don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like it's That's like true. a detective thing. That's and true. she does that. She just goes, <laughs> yeah. Like keep talking. Yeah. The, the fact that it's like, Oh, you know, it's just classic conundrum. I mean, it was, your husband's done that, right? You, you know, everybody, <laughs> this happens to everybody, right? Everybody's had their arm it's dislocated by their father when he was just drunk. And you know, like, oh, well, I don't know. What you're, and then I just imagine the camera snapping back and the, 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 the nurse just being like, <laughs> <laughs> Like just no, no what like, doesn't what and she's just already on the phone just like uh huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna you you know, code code two three seven for the love of God <laughs> <laughs> they call it two three seven while she's still not ashed her fucking cigarette the entire yeah, time yeah exactly when she's holding when she's talking to that nurse it is like down to here like almost to the hilt of Ugh. the fucking amazing. cigarette it's pisses and me the continuity continuity of it though for them to be able to do that's that true is a mess that's, that's Kubrick right. When, so they so they finally the whole family gets back up, uh, and like I, I there were two things I laughed at. One when they show him to his apartment, mm-hmm. he was he was clearly like not she was the she, you know what sorry not Shelly um, Wendy Wendy's Wendy. overly nice about everything yeah oh this is so be- most beautiful place I've ever seen in the yeah. world but Jack isn't even in Jack's trying to make kind remarks yeah he goes it's. Cozy, cozy. Yeah. Which cozy, like in realtor speak, is like this is a small fucking place, and yeah. I'm trying to think of a nice <laughs> word to say about it. He's clearly not happy about like the. He doesn't feel like he's happy about the amenities at yeah. all. He's pushing not on excited. the bed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this will be a nice place. Uh, it's good cozy. room for a kid, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. He doesn't know how to have remark. conversations. Yeah, and then they take him to the bar, and they're like, "We remove all the booze on the premises." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm the fuck out of here." Yeah. That was that was <laughs> yeah, not exactly. in our contract. So can I? Buy some? Well, he's like, <laughs> unless, unless you brought some with. I'm like, is that allowed? Can we can we go out? Well, real quick? Oh, I better. I gotta make a run. <laughs> we gotta go. We can do this a little later, right? I gotta call up my friends at Cedar Ridge. Real yeah, quick. Yeah, 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 that's right. Jesus, man. 
Uh, did you guys notice when um, he sit, Jack is sitting in the lobby and um, Olman comes up to talk to him and like go yeah. show him around what he's reading? It's insane. It's a Playgirl. What? A Playgirl, Playgirl magazine. Magazine. Really? Yeah. It's there's a lot of theories yeah. uh, surrounding this whole thing, which we can get to later as details kind of arise. But it is a very very peculiar thing that. And that the, that's what spawns all of these theories is that Kubrick was such a perfectionist on everything. Yeah. yeah. Is that why is there even any mess ups? Why is why did he not catch a playgirl? Why is there a playgirl? They, right. they say that the, if it's in the shot in yeah. a Stanley Kubrick movie, it is important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a and they and he doesn't draw attention to it to be like in a modern day movie it would zoom in yeah. on like oh my god this is, is he important play- even for Can a you snippet. No. Yeah. And and it's not like he brought it. It was just sitting in the lobby. Correct. Yeah. So weird. Very strange. Uh, but then, so that, that gets me to the, I think one of the craziest theories I heard about this movie, you know, there's so many thoughts on what this movie's about and, and it, I don't think there's a right answer. No, I don't I mean, even know what yeah. it's about. No wrong answer either. Or, or why is it happening? The, the, the one that brought this up for me, the people think it's a mind control thing, like an experiment from the CIA that, that oh. they are, they are purposely bringing Jack and his family up here to like subject him to weird things uh, maybe even weird drugs in the food mm. isolation to then see how he reacts to it and see what happens. There's a lot of continuity errors and like geographical oddities yeah. in this. Um, they're thinking maybe that's because of the hallucinations that are going on in this, like this government run science experience. Uh, according to the theory, Jack's employment is just a front so they can test out that mind control stuff in the game room. There's a poster of a skier mm-hmm. behind Danny yeah, and it says Monarch, which we, they made it a point to say there's no skiing in the area. Yeah. So like, why would there be a skiing poster on the wall? And apparently Monarch was the name of a real world CIA project that attempted to discover secrets of mind control. Oh my God. What? Why would that be there? And what is the connection of that? And then, then you've got creepy ass motherfucking Bill Watts Watson. Yeah. So Bill Watson's the, the, the second guy that shows up that he's in the meeting. When he's, when he's interviewing him, he's just like, Dude, it was just like what? What the fuck is your problem, Bill? Yeah, and they they don't even they don't you even eyeball t- me, son. <laughs> yeah. They don't even ever give him a title. He doesn't ask any questions. Right. The the theory is is that he's like the brains of the operation, and he's just here to be like, okay, we're gonna get this experiment going. Like super high ranking government official. Uh, the crazy thing was is like he's just sitting there observing, like you said. He's mm, yeah. he's always following behind them yeah. when they're walking around the the hotel, and he looks super annoyed when Olman's like, hey, grab their luggage. Fine. He's, like, he's like, I don't oh oh yeah, I forgot I'm supposed to oh, work I, at a hotel. He, he That's just right. says I work a, at a hotel. A stern fine. Fine. It, <laughs> dude, it's weird. And then and then you've got the, the Native American overtones, yeah. which which fits in very nicely with the US government because there is some bullshit that happened back in the day that uh, like we're America, C- General Custer is a war hero. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. We were we committed genocide when we came to this country, and there's so much red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Everyone's wearing like American stuff. Olman looks like JFK, kind of. Yeah. Okay. He's got an American flag on his desk. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that are are pointing towards the bad things that the U.S. government can do yeah. without any of us knowing. Okay, and that's the native. The, and he talks about white man's burden mm-hmm. later on. That's a, like a quote from a a song or a, it's a book, poem. a poem, yeah. where it's talking about how 
it's white man's burden to go erase the Indians from yeah. our land. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Damn. So yeah, there, there's some crazy undertones of that going on in this movie. Definitely for sure. Like, it's, I mean, especially Ullman saying like, uh, it was built on an Indian barrel ground. We had to actually re- repel a few uh, as they were building it. It's not an accident. You know, it's, no. I mean, obviously they can hint that towards ghosts, but they yeah. can also hint that towards what you can maybe read into this movie, which yeah. is really interesting. And there's so much more to get to the fucking theory. <laughs> so <laughs> much. Like when you first saw the twins on screen, like what, <laughs> what's your reaction? Like, I don't maybe like this time watching it compared to like the first time ever, like when you saw that. Seeing the twins, I think was, it wasn't obviously as jarring cause I knew what to expect. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like, again, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to a lot of like the music and the uh, the the underlying tones that are kind of played and and like in tandem with these shots, right? Like that's what makes it creepy. The way that they uh like the way that they walk ar- the one walks around the other is very <laughs> and, strange. And they yeah. turn their heads to look at each other. Yeah. Like that's the weird shit. The- and it is. It's very and of course, this is all Kubrick, you know that he he lines these shots up in it's such so, a manner. It's, it's so beautiful. It's, it's insane. I think the reason they're so creepy and like they they talked about while riding, they're like, the, uh, "Do we like what? How we how do we show the ghosts?" And he's like, "I think we should just show them. Like, I think yeah. we should just show them as like regular people because it's uncanny the way he shoots." the little girls like right the first shot. I know he zooms in later on them. Yeah, but it's it's from far away. And it's it's jarring to be like, why the fuck are they there? Yeah. And why do they look like they're wearing like really old clothes, you know? And then you just it's not like a ha shock. Yeah. It's like a there's more questions, huh. which makes it way more fucking creepy. And yeah. seeing from something from afar, you're just like, I can't quite make it out, you know? It's like he he he's deliberately trying not to get a jump scare because he yeah. he leads in with music first. And then you see what you're supposed to see. Mm-hmm. You know something's going to happen. Yeah. It's like when, um, and I know it's a little bit, maybe a little bit further in, but it's the first time that Danny rounds the corner to see them. Yeah. And, but before he rounds the corner, the music's cued in. It is. And it then, almost felt like an accident. Correct. There's no way it there's was. There's no way yeah. it was. We don't believe that now yeah. because of the way he does things. Yeah. And, and so it deliberately gives you, gives the jump scare away. And takes you and then shows it to you. And there's something more unsettling about Definitely. that. So, yeah, like, again, but it also gets people like me in the door who's, <laughs> who doesn't want the jump scare. But I'm just like, oh, God, there it is. Oh, God, and yeah. there it is. I'm much more interested in the uncanny creepiness of like, horror stories like this. I think that's why I like it so much is just because, like, you can the, – the crutch of a jump scare gets annoying after totally. a while, you know? Yeah. And we're we're – you see something, you're like, did I see that? Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Like, did did we just see that? That's cool. Because mm-hmm. that's a question. You know, you can yeah. talk about it. You know, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. What before we move on to scene two, what did you guys think about Dick Halloran? Love Dick Halloran. Scatman. Scatman dude. Crothers, man. Just, uh, he is, we got I love cuts, dried pears, dried tomatoes, dried <laughs> prunes. prunes. We can get we can get you anything. We got uh we got ten racks of lamb. We got you like lamb doc? <laughs> you like lamb doc? Man, the way I What's love your favorite food? French fries and ketchup. I think we could handle that too. Oh <laughs> uh, man, he's so nice. He's, he's so the cool. nicest man on earth, apparently. And uh, I, I will tell you again, it's just a very creepy shot. Even though it's not, even though it's not, even though it's not, it's the music and the way yes. that that camera, did, that Kubrick zoom, 
and he just and he turns his head as he's still having the conversation, and he has the whole conversation while he's talking to these other people, and then you hear his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a kid, like especially when I was a kid, I didn't pick these kinds of things up. No. I, I didn't I didn't put things together. No. Um, and that was a really interesting thing to me this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Putting it all together. I really liked their conversation when he, when he gives him ice cream and everything like that. And this is kind of, to me, I'll bring this up now. <clears throat> I think Danny Lloyd is, it's the best child performance Unbelievable. I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It's he kind of disappointing that he's didn't he do much. Did like this. one thing after this and that's it. He just mm. called it quits. God. Um, it's incredible the way that like I noticed more things about his performance as I watched the movie more and more. I like how he's like, you're scared of room two, three, seven, ain't you? I, I like the delivery of that. Yeah. It just like, it's so perfect to me. And he's like, I like how scat, uh, uh, uh Scatman. Scatman, dude. Scatman. Uh, I like how Scatman. What's his fucking Han- Dick Haller. Haller. Dick You Haller. don't remember a name of somebody? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Haller? Um, I like how he's just like, no. I no. room two, no. Why um, should I be? <laughs> yeah, and then are you scared? Are you? He bring he well he brings up two three seven. He's like, who told you about room two three seven? Yeah, you know, and then he brings up uh, Dan or uh, his yeah imaginary friend or whatever. Right, right. Tony, Tony. Tony. The, there's there's some fucked up in- imagery that you never see until you really dive into this movie. People have studied this movie. Yeah, like when they're sitting there talking. There are knives perfectly yeah. placed above Danny's head, pointing all into his skull. Like the cook, cook knives behind him are perfectly placed wow. in the scene to where they are on his head, yeah, pointing right at him when they're having those conversations. I, like th- that, those are unbelievable. Where you don't have to draw attention to it, mm-hmm. and then when you see it, you feel like you found a treasure. <laughs> oh my god, I can't yeah. believe that! It's amazing. That's why I I feel like this is a more rewatchable movie for me than it's ever been because I now know I can go back and start almost doing a treasure hunt, like you say, completely to 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 understand more and to take more of the like foreshadowing out of the environment he created. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Well, let's truck this along. I'm so, ready. So scene two, Jack's mental health deteriorates rapidly. Once the family is alone in the hotel, he has writer's block, sleeps too little and is irritable. One day, Danny has a bad experience with room two, three, seven and appears to Wendy with bruises on his neck. Wendy accuses Jack, which causes him to storm off to the ballroom where a bartender suddenly appears and serves him a drink. I want to talk about that first shot. The isolation that he creates mentally, subconsciously with us, where he's shown the Overlook Hotel many times, and it just looks great. It's bustling with people and cars. That first shot where there's just that little yellow car in the parking lot, (laughs) and all you hear is like loons in the background and wind rustling. Like, oh, you feel alone completely from that moment. And and does that creep you out? Does like isolation creep you guys out? To to a degree, it does creep me out. Yes, knowing that I can't unisolate myself if I want to. That's true. That's a good point. I there's, like. I love being away from people. Yeah, there's <laughs> something. That's a good way to put it. There's yeah. something comforting about it to me, and like, but it is also at the same time spooky too. Yeah. Where I'm just like, well, there's supposed to not be anybody here, so I better not hear anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's that. that's a good point because in Iowa, like we, you can get snowed in here. Like it's very possible to get snowed in here in Iowa, and you kind of just run through the list in your head. Do I have food? Do I have eggs, water, bo- bottled water? Do dog I need food. Dog food. Do I got food for the dog? Do I got Cedar Ridge whiskey? Do I got my Cedar Ridge whiskey? My beer? Do I have my? You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of run through the list, and then you're just kind of like, oh crap! Do I have enough frozen pizzas? Oh damn! <laughs> and and but once you get past that checklist in your head, you're kind of like, I'm okay. Yeah. I get snowed in. You know what? Might be good to be away for a day or two. 
I don't know. Like this long though, this is a long time. Yeah. Uh, what is it? No, uh, October through May. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a month at this point. It's a month. And, and things at this are not point, going though. well. Yeah. I gotta say, it's been a month, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's not that long. <laughs> no. Maybe it's not. Like I, <laughs> maybe I'm totally off on this, but it's just like, wow, you're gonna you're gonna lose it this hard in a month, bro. <laughs> he he was already, but he was already. <sighs> Mentally unstable. Yeah. It was so quick. The minute he got in that, that hotel, he's like, yep, here we are. I'm crazy. When when he's eating his breakfast in bed, yeah. and he's just like, I love it here. I love it. I love it. I fell in love with the place. And he's just like, it's, oh, I feel man. like I've been here before. Well, yeah. And he's just he's, like, that is my, that is my, I needed more of Jack Nicholson like this. Yeah. I needed more of this believable guy who's kind of in love with I want to feel bad and, for uh, him. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And uh, he's just, he has this appreciation right now, you yeah. know, that's just kind of going on in his world. And I wanted more of that from him. And, but then at the same time, like, I loved that little scene of him <laughs> just enjoying the fuck out of life. Um, I have to mention the tricycle scene on the, on the carpet and then on the hardwood. Mm. <clears throat> there was an accident what they did. Are you kidding me? Uh, they, they just, and then Kubrick was watching like the dailies in editing and stuff like that. He's like, pump that. To pump that audio up. That's fucking cool. So that, it, that it is sounds like a heartbeat. That is my favorite moment. Shot crazy creepy scene yeah. this entire. Nothing's creepy about that, but the the perfectness of the yeah. It's like driving under an underpass when it's raining. Yeah, 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 yeah. true. It's like so. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it it's even heightened by the Steadicam use oh, in this. God. This is like one of the first. Movies that the so steady cam was didn't Halloween one use it in seventy nine though for that intro shot yeah it was uh, invented by Garrett Brown and he was actually the operator on this movie but then um, <clears throat> in, in Halloween obviously they'd use some sort of technology yeah, yeah, yeah. based on that but Garrett Brown shot this whole movie he shot all the steady cam scenes the inventor of the goddamn thing yeah you know? it's <clears throat> absolutely gorgeous it's it what it's what makes this movie what it is i think so and i think it becomes a character throughout the movie like the whole steady cam thing i think you could argue that the overlook is the steady cam there's mm. a fourth character in this movie and it's it's the overlook it's always following them it's always right. coming at them you know it's always encroaching is the hotel the main character i would i mean i would say it's definitely a character the 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 steady cam feels like a ghost to me yeah it feels yeah. like it's just floating around and it feels like it's hiding out of the way Correct. Like on those sideways shots, it feels like it's just creeping, trying to hear what everybody's saying. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's so creepy. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I read an interesting little bit on uh, the steady cam operator. What was his name again, Sean? Garrett Brown. Garrett Brown. Uh, you said the inventor of the thing. Yeah. And I I remember hearing that he was supposed to only be on this for like six months. <laughs> yeah. And everybody this movie, was. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. The movie was only supposed to be a commitment of like six months, maybe. This went on for like almost over a year. Almost. And uh, and so he be, he was supposed to be out of there in six months because he also was going back to shoot Rocky too. Oh yeah. And he had to fly back. <laughs> And forth, I believe, from London to Philadelphia or, or California, one of the two, every Sunday. Oh my God. For, like he'd and that's sp- what eventually killed him. He'd spent, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. yes. He spent a week week on one, a week on the other, and he'd fly every week, like Jesus, back and forth. It was dude. insane. So he could make both movies happen. Are you kidding me? That's dude. insane. Yeah. 
I like how Danny, when he goes up to room 237 and the beautiful shot of like through his like legs when he's on his trike and the 237 on the door yeah. is so cool. But I love like he looks at it and like tries to open the door <laughs> and then it fucking jets away. He's like, oh no, fuck that. Oh. I love his push on the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I, like, I used to do that on my big wheel. I've been there. Come on, come on. Let's I've go. been there on that wheel, that big wheel, and you got to get it going <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> All right, we're talking props. Okay. Oh no. Give me that flyers my... jacket. Oh, oh you fuck. Me... Oh, yeah. oh! <laughs> I knew Sean was gonna take it. I knew Sean was I don't think that's a Philadelphia flyers I don't think jacket it is. though. <laughs> Come on. I, I want I want an adult I want an XL size jacket of, of what little Danny's wearing, that little purple with the red stripe. Mine's actually kind of a couple things. No, nope, you only get one. <laughs> okay, well I get I'm picking We've established these rules, and they stay the same. I'm picking the first poster you see in in Dick Halloran's little Florida apartment. In his little fucking bachelor (laughs) swinger pad. Those beautiful women with huge afros. I want that poster. Okay. African princess up there. Absolutely. Yeah, gorgeous. (laughs) That's well played, sir. Um, Actually, can we... Can we probably find a copy of that and like put it on? Our I wall? think we need to find okay. that, and put it on the wall. I think we can. Just put some tapers on the nipple. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. 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 That's fine. Our well, YouTube channel's PG. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not really because <laughs> the language. No, no, it's not. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think mine is the is the tennis ball. Cool. Okay. okay. Which one is it? One one he's throwing or one that rolls to Danny? The one I think it. I would assume it's the same one. Ooh, yeah. Because you might be right. We are. <laughs> Because he throws it down the hall and never goes and retrieves it, and you never see where the fuck it goes. Correct. It's weird. You don't. I don't Ugh. think. I don't even know if you hear much of it. No. To be honest. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was between that and the two three seven tag on the key. Yeah. Ooh. But I think I want the ball. So hedge maids. We talk. <clears throat> can we talk about hedge maids? Whatever you want to talk about. Um. Man. So a little thing about like all the sets and locations in this movie is that this the whole thing was a set in london the whole hotel the whole interior was yeah. all a set including the outside of or well, the hotel the outs- the outside of the hotel was not actually in oregon they took like the look of everything and yeah. just duplicated it and built them and they put that in london and shot that okay. uh and including the hedge maze which is just staggering to me because I know that I know how much light it takes. Even in, even in like the Colorado room or whatever, the huge like lounge, those bay windows, like recreating that daylight has to be astounding. The let alone of the of the snow. Yeah, and, yeah. Let alone being outside technically and shooting right. up at uh, Wendy and Danny. The whole sky is artificial light you know yeah yeah it is fucking insane to me and i will implore you to like watch the making of documentary that's on like the blu-ray and it's shot by vivian kubrick who is stanley kubrick's daughter it shows you a lot and um i'm sorry it shows you (laughs) it shows you a lot um and like it's it shows stanley like giving direction to somebody he's like no bring bring the 35 lens no no okay bring the 86 or whatever and uh then it's it's a tracking shot from behind him as he's walking and he walks into the maze i'm like what the fuck just happened you know it just transports like this movie is such like a huge deal to me and I, and I guess a lot of other people too where it's just like how how is this not like a real thing how is how did they just fake all this yeah. it just seems like it's impossible but it fucking is they did it that whole maze and especially like when it's covered in snow like you say it's it's a set and that it was basically covered the thing in salt and broken styrofoam. down styrofoam yeah. and made it look like snow yeah. it was hot yeah it was hot the it's whole weird. time 
And that's that. But they make mind. it feel like it's absolutely freezing. Correct. Yes. Ugh. Just one more thing. When he's looking down at the the uh, miniature yeah. hedge maze, I always want, wondered how the fuck they did that shot of it, like from oh yeah up above, like the POV uh, eagle eye kind of view on down to them. Yeah. And apparently it was just as simple as uh, they shot the the maze and they shot down and then they shot um, a little other. Uh, or like a shot from above again, but with them in it, and so they just kind of just pieced it superimpose. I'm like, how? Th- I don't even. Wow. That doesn't even make no. sense to me. Yeah, at well, all. At this point, because you have to remember, I mean, this movie's shot in the 70s, technically. Yeah, and like back then, I don't think of like them having almost the capability to do this, right. and not no. like trying to like, oh, they they can't do that. But it's just like. Yeah, how the hell did they do this in like this real looks, kind of way? Right. It, it looks, looks oh, fine. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. It looks, yeah. it looks that's that's honestly incredibly creepy to me. Is that that top down shot of the maze? That's really creepy to me. Yeah, it's it's something that really creeped me. Out. Also, when Jack is looking outside at them, <laughs> his his Kubrick stare, the Kubrick stare. <laughs> You know, it just, it looks like somebody who has been told the same story 15 times, <laughs> listening to that same story the 16th time. Because <laughs> you, know I mean? you, you, you always hang out with like the same friend yeah. and like the, you've heard the same friend oh, or like, tell you a story. or so your significant time, other who's uh, telling the same, uh, like, yeah, like, you're just like, <sighs> if I could ask for one thing, Mr. Stanley, if you could just like superimpose or just like put over the top, just one long sigh. <laughs> with, <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever because yeah, but again, we have Mr. Nicholson's face yeah. that just fucking creeps me out. It's like, it's like a clown with like without paint. It creeps me out. So, so he's naturally he is he's a failed writer. He yeah. has no ideas. Yeah, he sucks at writing. Right. Naturally, he's just walking around throwing tennis balls, doing nothing. And he walks into the gold room. Yeah. And sure as shit, he looks down. And then he looks up. He looks into the camera. Are we there already? Uh, we're, he's at I the mean, bar. He's, he's, at, he's at the bar. He, Yeah, he's there. He walks into the bar, for the empty ballroom for the first time, and then he looks into the mirror, looks down, looks back up into the camera, which is now essentially the mirror. Yep. Because anytime Jack's talking to ghosts, it's like, in a mirror. There's mirrors and stuff. Mirrors play a huge part in this movie. Yes, I know. I was going to ask about that for you guys because I didn't I didn't take I, – I, I looked into it a little bit, but I wanted to ask you guys about the mirrors whenever we get a chance. Yeah, I, the, the the mirrors are crazy, right? I mean, like it's it's a weird thing. It's definitely like we like we've been saying. It's got to be deliberate for some reason, you know. If it's if it's Kubrick, and maybe it's not, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but it could just be like a reflection of him. Like maybe he maybe it's just his projections. You know, maybe yeah. it's like shining back at him, or it's like look at yourself. I guess. Yeah. Um, but before this, Danny is kind of attacked by. Somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody in the hotel, and everything something like happens that. after he finds his way to two three seven. Yeah, room and Wendy goes up to Jack when he's having a dream that he he killed all of them or whatever. Yeah, and uh, then kind of blames him for doing this because he's got well a history of it. Um, and so Boy, then, she just can't fucking let it go, can she? <laughs> she just can't let it go. Leave it to the <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Jack got pretty lucky having a full bar and bartender just appear out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. but not that lucky no. because he didn't ha- order Cedar Ridge whiskey. And I'm here to say <laughs> oh, that if he had, no. he wouldn't have gone so crazy 
That's why Cedar Ridge Whiskey is my bourbon of choice. And it's not only because they were named Distillery of the Year in 2017. It's because it's the smoothest, most tasty whiskey I've ever had. Whether it's the Iowa straight bourbon or the quintessential American single malt, the straight rye, which is aged in a minimum of three years, the, or the Slipknot number nine combo with straight rye and uh, straight bourbon. Also, a little fact, uh, Slipknot did their spit it out video okay. kind of based on the shining they had what? they had Corey taylor oh like gosh. around on a trike and everything like that kind of fun little thing there you know so do the right Olette. thing and support our sponsor who supports us and go to cedarridgewhiskey.com to order a bottle for yourself which they will ship right to your door for your convenience and pleasure don't kill your family get cedar ridge <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, J- Jack. What a, great sit- t- what a great tagline for you. <laughs> Jack sits down. And he does the right thing. He or he says, "Give me a bourbon." Yeah. Which, of course, the state of Iowa has chosen two years in a row now over oh. every other bourbon. 100%. Makes sense. Cedar Ridge. However, he gives him Jack, Jack Daniels. Isn't even a bourbon. Come on. What the hell's going on? Nobody wants Jack Daniels. What's the number seven mean anyway? Yeah. <laughs> two, three, seven. Oh. 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 I don't know. <laughs> That's that's a fan there. Cheers, man. I'm drinking my Cedar Ridge, buddy. Again, <laughs> hey. Um, but I this this is one of the best scenes. I think maybe my favorite scene in the movie where he the bartender conversation. Just imagine like watching this movie for the first time when it came out back in the day. Imagine being in the theater when the first fourth wall break in this movie, and and it's Jack fucking Nicholson doing it, smiling right at you in the camera. You know, hey, imagine yeah, being an audience member being like. Like looking to the people next to me, like, are, are, is he looking at you? He's, Yo, looking, he's not looking at me. He's looking at me. It's like it's no like way. looking at the Mona Lisa. Is he following me? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so intimidating. And then you're like, what the fuck? Oh, hey, Lloyd. Who's Lloyd? And then, voila! It's so fucking brilliant to just bring that in like that. And uh, I just somebody else talk. I got two twenties and two tens. He's like, <laughs> and, and your he money's said, no good here. It, well, yeah. He's just it's it, that whole point to me when he goes in and asks for that first one. You know, um, yeah, and then and then he's he's like, I'm a little. What's my credit like in here, Lloyd? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, there there things are starting to be diluted here, and you're not really knowing what's real, and yeah. time is becoming an issue. Like, first of all, he knows the bartender's name, yeah, and and then they start having those conversations, of course, and they they clearly know each other, and then he, you know, like he said earlier in the movie, they said he was five months off of booze and he even says it in the scene he says five yep. months off the wa- or on the wagon or whatever and all the, the shit it caused but yet says. they had they had been there an extra month yeah so it should be six months but yet he's still thinking of it as five months right so it's like that's what wendy said it was five months earlier right and yeah like time stopped yeah time or, stopped or who knows what moment. the hell's going on at that yeah. point and he also causes his wife a sperm bank it's it's Jeez. crazy. So I didn't even catch that, to be honest. What the fuck? I, I, I didn't have the subtitles turned on like while I did was... He, did he say sperm bank? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. The, the misogyny in this movie is Ugh. unreal. And it just adds to like what this movie is really about for me, I guess, is just like abuse in a family. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the perpetrator being obviously Jack. Jack. Um, yeah. And I, th- you could make allegories of like the ghosts or projections of like Danny or, you know, just to like kind of make him safer a little bit or like, and that's why he has uh Tony with him, you know, all the time. Well, do, what do you think about the, there's implications that, that Jack or the Jack has been sexually abusing yeah. Danny and it's, there's, there's weird, oh, there's man. weird. I don't like that, but there's no. clear like links. I mean, clearly he's heard him. 
He's, he's heard him before. before. He's heard him at one point or another. You now, correct and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also this kind of like there's this uh, undertone of of misconception, and this is also what I got out of kind of like Roger Ebert's. It's about the uh, his review, and it's ever it's the perception of whose story do you believe? Because there's three yeah. stories technically going on, four if you count the uh, Overlook Hotel itself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And because at one point, you know, when I believe it was. Uh, uh, Wendy, who, when talking to the nurse, said how he had t- uh, Danny had spread his school papers around on the fo- floor or whatnot, and then later on, it turns out that Jack says to Lloyd, "It was my work papers yeah. that he spread on Nothing. the floor." And so, people, they all the parties have these different recollection of how things happen. And uh, the one thing that is the constant, though, is the fact that he did hurt Danny. Yeah. That's so, the only thing that stays the same. That's the only constant, necessarily. There, and, and the doctor implied that to- Tony came around during trauma, yeah. which could have been some sexual abuse. There, there's sex imagery everywhere in this. It's true. Like, like the, the, the play, In fact, the Playgirl magazine, why, we talked about why would he even read this? Why would it be there? There's a specific issue, right? Dude, there's a specific issue where there's an article that says, incest, why parents sleep with their children. Oh, my God. In that exact magazine article there's there's like the creepy dog man the boiler room has photos of naked women everywhere on it when mm-hmm. uh, wendy's in there one time and there's like naked women all over the walls oh, man. there's also well there's isn't it a bear guy in what, or whatever a the bear, dog dog man, bear it's, guy it's a bear Fuck i believe it. and i and uh when uh danny's being seen by the nurse he's yes. laying on a bear he is kind of comforting i like like uh, he goes to that whenever maybe jack abuses him or something like that you know it's it's really fucked up and hard to talk about obviously but it is a theory and oh jack's just jack's clearly a piece of shit i can't put this past him even the subtleties of when they're being shown through the hotel by Olman, yeah and they walk into their apartment and these two teenage girls go bye see you next bye yeah. mr Olman. he like longingly looks at them for a uh, long time as he turns the corner. Mm-hmm. There's just subtle overtones of that, and it's 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 pretty creepy. This place is like a summer camp, almost, <laughs> like of, of just weirdness. Yeah. That's basically all I can stack it up to. It's just a summer camp of weirdness in Colorado. It really is, man. Good Lord. All right, so let's move this on. So scene three, Wendy enters, finding Jack seemingly alone at the bar. She pleads with him to investigate Danny's claim that a crazy woman attacked him in the bathtub of room 237. Jack agrees to go have a look he finds the door open and a young naked woman in the tub they kiss and jack soon realizes that the woman is actually an old rotting corpse he staggers out of the room but reports to wendy that he did not find anything jack there's a crazy woman in the bathroom she tried to strangle danny are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming if you have a kid and your wife says that someone tried to do something to your kid you're gonna React in, like what the fuck? We gotta go. We gotta go figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- like I don't under. I don't know. I think this is a. Uh, this is one of the obvious. It's obviously one of the weirdest scenes <laughs> that that comes around. And you're right. Like, why is that his initial reaction? And you kind of think. Like, I, to be honest, I'm kind of wondering why his first reaction wasn't like, oh, so it's not me anymore, huh, bitch? Yeah. It, it like, That's very true. Where he's just like, you were blaming me earlier, and now you're coming back, and you're saying it's not me, or it's this lady, somebody who's been living here apparently the whole time. Now who's going crazy, you know? And then you kind of realize it's she's strictly going off of 
just Danny's story. Of course. You know, she's just going off of Danny's she story. She believes Danny more than Jack. Correct. Well, well, yeah, and, and she's she has this in her mind, and, and she needs Jack to go investigate. Uh, not to skip over the whole 237 incident, I guess, but at the same time, is he just covering up for himself by just saying, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's you going could, on. Sean will probably have theories on this. You could... You could, in theory, say that this bathtub scene never happened. Yeah. That this was not a thing and that that Jack met Danny in that room the first time Danny was in there and he did bad things to Danny and gave him the bruises on his neck. Oh, God. And that that, that this is all just imaginary and that, that truthfully that was what happened in there and Jack went up. Th- that's why he didn't want to go up there. That's why he denies because wouldn't the first thing you would tell somebody is like, holy shit, like a really hot naked woman tried to make out with me and then it turned out to be a witch corpse. <laughs> like it was fucked up. You're saying this is the first thing you'd say to people? Well, That's dude. the first thing I was saying. <laughs> dude, you got, you got like sativa going on there? <laughs> well, dude, give me Colorado, some, bro. Give me some of that, dude. I'll have what he's having. <laughs> well, well, and dude, even, did you notice that? Uh, we're going back a little bit, but when D- Danny was sitting on the carpet and that ball rolls up, yeah. he's playing with his cars. So, oh God, are we talking about this theory? Uh, oh, I don't know. Okay, when the ball rolls up, and then Danny like reacts to it, the carpet pattern's different. Oh, okay. The carpet pattern is completely different. Jesus fuck! I, from, from where he was sitting, <laughs> I can't do this, guys. No, no, no. no so, I'm just so saying, like, I'm saying I, that I, none of this like is happening. Uh, none of this happened. I don't know. Well, I'm just I, saying, I, know I can't fucking keep up on this movie. <laughs> So I'll go through it kind of quick, as quick as I fucking can. There's a movie called Room 237, which is just a documentary of I need to see that people's uh, theories about this movie. There's a theory because Danny is wearing an Apollo 11 sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So I, I'm sorry. I have to interject for eight seconds because he's wearing an Apollo 11 sweatshirt. He's wearing a flyer's jacket. He, like It seems like Danny is all about this like flight or something. And now that's the only thought I had. It's, Dude, a, little di- it's a little different. Dude, he's got some fucking swag. That's he's what got, he's got. He, he, he does, does he's have got some, some fucking phallic swag. shit on his, on his thing. Please. <laughs> please. Just cool fucking style. Um, so he's got an Apollo 11 thing on his on his sweatshirt and, and the, ca- the, the carpet pattern kind of looks like a launching pad. Um, so when the ball goes to him, he launches up he stands up and he travels to room 237, which is approximately, it's not, the moon is 237,000 miles away from the earth. Yes. Oh, and this is Stanley Kubrick's confession on faking the moon landing. Or, or it's his like, fuck you to everybody that think, people thought that Stanley Kubrick was the one that filmed the moon landing. Yeah. That it wasn't real. Oh my God. There's, there's. It's, because he he invented a lot of technology for 2001, yeah, of course. and NASA did use it. That's a fact. Uh, like, and they used some some lenses from him yeah. too. It, it, it's, it's either fun. his confession or yeah. it's him just being like, "Come yeah. on!" And really? it's it's fun to think about for sure. And like all this evidence that gets brought up, you're just like, "Oh, oh, oh, shit!" You know. But and like in the pantry, there's Tang, which astronauts drank there's so up, much up in space. It's just like it's whatever, but. It's fun. The problem is most people can just deny these things. Just yeah. be like, whatever. But when it's Kubrick, everything has a everything, reason for being there. Everything has a reason. And that's where these theories really gain legs because yeah. you're like, well, why did, he, why did he do that? Why did he make him wear an Apollo 11 shirt? <laughs> exactly. Like, why does it say flyers on the back of that jacket? Even though, you're like you said, maybe it's not even a Philadelphia Flyers thing. Like, All, what, what, what does Jack end up typing on his paper? 
all work and no play makes Shaq a all a one one Apollo eleven yeah. like weird shit right oh god um going back to the room two through seven scene this is yeah the creepiest fucking thing Good Lord. that that would be that would ever happen to me probably because in this you see him opening up the door and then it's supposed to be an empty fucking room but there's someone behind that curtain yeah i'd already bailed that's what's fucking creepy man like what <laughs> like holy shit and then a hand slowly takes the curtain back and is looking at him i'm gonna take it i just at least want to know who it is <laughs> Before no, you family. don't. You want to see boobs, and I then you want to leave. <laughs> it's just well, like, hey. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, it, who it, is it, that? Uh, oh, oh. I got to go. It's oh, like, oh. hey, uh, <laughs> hey did, you, uh, did you strangle my son? Hey. Oh, you're, you're pretty nude. Uh, I'll come back. I'll, I'll come back a little later. You got Sweet tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's been drinking. So think about like he's been hammered. Tits. Be like, bro, you must oh. love me. Hey, what does your tattoo mean? <laughs> what's, your ta- what's your ink? What's your ink? Uh, Did it hurt? Is carpet match drapes? Yeah. Uh, oh, apparently it, it does. does. So hey, guys, I hate this. You guys know you guys know the Goosebumps book where like the hand is coming out out from the basement. It, what's Stay out, out of the basement? She, she had goosebumps. Oh, go ahead. She's sorry. the creature that's in the basement. Good God. She is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, fact dude the the cackling old lady to my god that scene goes on forever and that music just stays the same and it's yeah. just like you want as a viewer to get the fuck out of the scene and you can't mm-hmm. his, you just cannot his kind of like scream it's kind of like a holler you know <gasps> what I mean <gasps> like that, it's just kind of this weird and it, like it somehow is worse than if he was just like like actually screaming you know what I mean that's very strange. The did you know that uh, do not disturb has the f- following amount of letters? Do two, not three, disturb seven. Don't go in that fucking room. However, Sean can attest to this. In the book, it was two seventeen. Two seventeen. So what they did? What? Well, because the rumor is is that Stephen K- or Stanley Kubrick did it as a fuck you to Stephen King. Yes. And change it to 237 or if you go to the fact that it's I like this one better. If you go to the fact that it's he the actual Timberline Hotel asked him to change it so people would stay in room 217. Now see, gotcha. I get that from the 80s, right? They didn't want people to not stay in this room because yeah. Yeah. of the movie. However, times have changed. I stayed I got I stayed on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California, with the band that the Pork Tornadoes did when we played a show out there. Okay. And there's a room, there's a famous fucking room that is like guaranteed going to make you shit yourself because bad, scary things are going to happen there. It's haunted as hell. They charge like $2,000 a night to stay in that room, and it is booked. <laughs> it is oh my booked God. year round. Oh, my so God. So like had they, had they had the foresight on this, had it really been room 217, they'd be sitting on a gold mine. Oh, yeah. Oh I mean, I guess God. they already are kind of, but uh, like that, that's what's weird to me is that back then they're like, no, don't, please. We can't. People will never stay here. And now <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, my God, I want to stay in the room. Exactly. Yeah. And that, I think now it's like inundated with that. And I think it's kind of the same thing with the Queen, yeah. with the queen Mary. It's same just like thing. it's booked like no Solid. other. You know, my room costs like $40 and I slept on an incline because the boat goes like this. <laughs> but that room's 2000 Cool. God <laughs> damn it. Uh, so he goes he goes and tells uh, Wendy that there were, he couldn't find anything or whatever. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. And kind of tells 
tells him and pisses Jack off. Yeah. He's like, so fucking typical of you. M- moment I get a chance or whatever, like something like that. And then when he leaves, it does a second wall break, fourth wall break. Yes. Which is my fucking favorite all time thing in the entire world. As he's leaving, he just he looks in the camera like disdain and looks out the corner of his eye. It's like too. a millisecond, a little little tiny second, and it fucking gives me chills every time. I don't know why I love it. And so And there's much. no way that Stanley Kubrick lets that take stay. He does five million takes of yeah. every scene. He does yeah. not let that stay. If Jack accidentally looks at the camera, yeah, that was an on purpose thing. Yeah. Ugh. Well, let's move this party on, please, okay? Please, Let's come on. We're almost done, AJ. Come on. So scene four, Dick Halloran back at his home in Florida stares wide-eyed as he picks up on a signal Danny is sending. He decided to travel to the hotel to check on them. Jack loses his temper with Wendy and goes back to the gold ballroom, which is now a lively party of people dressed in 1920s fashion. A butler spills a drink on Jack, and while cleaning him up in the bathroom, Jack identifies him as Delbert Grady, and they share an intense conversation. Midnight, the stars in you by Al Bowley. Is that the song? That's the song. Might be the most creepiest song in but the entire why? world. It's not supposed to be. And I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've heard it without like reverb on it. And Ugh. so I think what's cre- what's creepy Ugh. about it is that it sounds like it's coming from a different room every time you hear it. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like it's coming from a ballroom that shouldn't have people in it or uh, music playing in uh, it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh. Like that's to me. Like if a song started up and you were supposed to be alone and you didn't start the song and and that was the song. Oh, like I'd rather hear like Cowboys from Hell by, exactly. by Tim Pantera or something <laughs> like that. Like, okay, cool. We should go check that out. If that you, song's you playing, you automatically start going like this. Uh, <laughs> but you're That's right. Fun. If that song is playing, I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, Speaking um, of, if I'm at a formal party and yeah. everybody's dressed to the nines, yeah. and we're having the best night, we're doing a little fundraiser, we're raising money for charity, and a guy dressed like Jack walks in in street clothes <laughs> and starts Joker dancing around with his drink, I'm the fuck out of that party. I'm like, this is not going to be good. There's something in his jacket that I, I don't want to see. I got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not about that life. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have. I will go back eventually to to uh, Scat. Uh, in his bed and everything, Scat but since man. we're on the on the note here of his revisit to the bar and the party happening and everything, and him walking up, hair of the dog that bit me, Lloyd, and he tries to pay this time around with the money that now appears he now in his has wallet, has, yeah. and and so and he's having this conversation again with Lloyd, um, and runs into the butler with avocat or avocat avocat and uh and he's getting cleaned up and then he goes follows him into the bathroom and has this conversation and he like drags this out of the ghost Mm -hmm. if you will or and uh so what i heard this is me coming back around to just something that i heard is that every single time that he's talking to a ghost or creating a thought process it's in a mirror Oh yeah, that's what and, we were saying. And he's that he's he. It's like his this projection, right? That you were talking about. The, the old lady, he sees her. He in sees the her in the mirror. The in the bathroom with Grady, the bartender. the bartender. He's in the mirror. He's always talking to himself to a degree, and he's also finding ways to like like you said, like he's he's stinging the camera for that time. And then he's looking directly back into himself and and looking for himself too, and that's like with Grady, right? He's like looking back. He's trying to find like eyesight or something mm-hmm. to to continue this conversation. And it's it's incredibly creepy 
the whole time. Uh, the, the other time is that when he pulls Danny in to to, to talk to him, right? Ugh. And uh, but the, there's a mirror in the shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mirrors. There's, there's mirrors the, everywhere. The red, the red rum is that's how she correct sees that it says murder. It's insane. It's it's horrible. There's no. There's no. He even said somebody even pointed out. I'm guessing this is from room, room two three seven. That the shape of that mirror in their bedroom was the same shape of the bathroom where the where the naked ladies were in the tub. Mm. The top of that weird little accent above the tub okay. looked exactly like the mirror did. Man. These are not accidents. Yeah. That's... And you're fucking confusing me. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> it's all this projection I know stuff it. that's happening. And and the, what, the one that threw me off is when he is talking to Danny, Ugh. though. Because now I'm thinking, like, um, we're seeing him uh, the back of his head, I think. Uh, in the mirror, um, it just this is what yeah. it's. It's one thing that throws off this like, and it makes it more unsettling. Like it, you think you got a piece of something, and then this is what happens, and and you, you now you're you're wondering, you're questioning your own thoughts. If mm. if I opened a bar restaurant, that's what my bathroom's gonna look Fuck like. Yeah, dude. That is, Hell some yeah, of the cool. color, the some of the Hell colors yeah. in this hotel. Hell yeah. Oh. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. If it's it wasn't really nice. creepy, it's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. If you were talking to a ghost, dope. it'd be dope. It's it's right. yeah, I want that room. Actually, I, that'd be cool talking to a ghost in there, too. And let's be real. I mean, come on, what do you think that that was one of the most unbelievable dialogue scenes of the movie? Yeah. Uh, that, that's incredible. It's really good. Like the way him, Grady staring at him. Grady is really menacing looking. Ugh, I don't like Grady at uh, all. But he's also not. But, but I guess you. For the times he's not, you you're not close up on him, are yeah. you? Like he's he's not close up. You don't get like the full feature. Once you get effect. him out of the room, yeah, into the bathroom, that's when he's missing. Right, right. He's still got his butler voice going, you know, like uh, when he's far away. But then like he starts having this conversation with him, like I close up. Corrected them, sir. When he starts dropping n bombs, yeah. that's when you know. God. That's when you know he's medicine. Oh man! So but is that that's that's prevalent? prevalent of the 1920s yeah which is what uh, in theory time we're in right now i don't know All we've right. traveled back With in grady, time I mean, grady's incident happened in 1970 but this is delbert right right so like it's so confusing because Del- delbert grady charles. charles grady was the one that that did it in the 70s okay but this guy's name is delbert like he starts going you're delbert grady when that was never a name we were told. That's right. Right. There, there's just, it's just making you feel insane because you're sitting there going, was it Delbert Grady? So, so it's this idea that like a caretaker or something has had this incident then. I don't know. Every caretaker has, is the same person, but they're not. It's like, yeah. it's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. It's, it's, it's such a good it's thing. hurting my brain. <laughs> Me, I try to think about. I want to know what, why is this movie a thing? Like, what is it about? And I think one of the cooler theories was that the the hotel is hell. And mm. you you've probably heard this one that Jack is in hell. The the layout how that shifts all the time. The the one okay. scene the one scene that fucks me up is in the very beginning when he walks into Ullman's office. Yeah, he he like walks into the lobby and takes a right and then. He's in the interior of the building, but there's a window. It's an impossible window. It's an impossible window where there should not be a window there with light coming through it, but there is. 
And you get the theory wall while uh, they're walking through the hotel, while he's riding his trike through the hotel, mm-hmm. you're like, why? He can't take four rights and be in a different place. What is going on? It feels like everything is shifting. There's a chair in the background when he's talking yeah. to Wendy one yeah, time yep. that is there and then it's not. What, what most would call a continuity error. But not in this fucking right, movie. Right, right. Not can't with Stanley Kubrick. You can't say that. D- Danny almost teleports at one point. On his third time on the big wheel, he's in the kitchen and he turns a corner and now he's in the hotel. He's yeah. like on the third floor staff wing. And then, and then he sees the twins. And that's when he yeah. sees the twins. Yeah. So there, there's thoughts that maybe Jack died a long time ago, overlook as hell, where he must continuously like repeat the last winter of his life forever. His dream of killing his wife and kids is just an echo of him, him really killing his wife and kids. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, no one seems to know what's going on. Like, it's it's weird, and he he technically says I'll I'd sell my soul for a drink, and, and that's like, when it all kind of starts. That's is, when weird things start happening, yeah. man. Mm. It's I it's a it's a cool thing, and you could also just be like, well, this is Kubrick's horror movie, and I know like he doesn't half-ass anything, but this is like his this is his money grab. Like this is what this he, is the end of his career, right? Uh, he's got he's got Full Metal Jacket after this, and I think Eyes Wide Shut. Damn. Okay. Well, I know he has Eyes Wide Shut, but I think those are the two left. Okay. Um, but. You could you could say where it's just like continuity errors, like when a chair and table like com- completely disappear, but they are there in the next scene. <laughs> That's just like so staggering. Where I've never noticed it before, to be honest. Um, until like these rewatches, but it is like very like oh shit, that's really gone, you know. But it could like it in like the because because it was just a whole giant set, it could just be like it doesn't really matter the, like the layout of anything. And it, and it could just be deliberate where it's just like, it's a maze. There is a literal maze outside and yeah. the hotel is a maze of in and of itself. Think about not being able to rewind this, you know, totally. I, I mean, think, think about that, that oh you're in a theater, God. that you're in a, in a place that you can't rewind this, you know, you're like, what the fuck is going on? You know? And that's the thing. That's what also brings up the thought process that it's not just Jack that's losing his mind. It's the whole family. Mm-hmm. She has to be seeing this too, to a degree. Cause, cause we're not talking about Jack is not the one in conversation. He's not the one of focus, right? Yeah. She's, she, or she's the one focusing on Jack. So you have to think, and Kubrick at one point made, it seemed like he just made a lot of different interviews just seem very autonomous for what he thought or what he wanted people to think about the movie. And in one, he just said, it's just, it's not a horror movie. It's just a quaint movie of a man, of a man and his family slowly losing their minds. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> so there's you. there's no actual horror to this song. There's no there's no. You don't fantastic. think that's horrifying, Stanley? <laughs> you don't think that this is fantastic in any result? There's not ghosts. There's not like The Shining. It's just they're just losing their minds. Mm. That's what you're saying. And then in another one, he he's talking about you know the 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 idea of ghosts and that there is of an uh, something of an afterlife. And now he's going back on the other side of it, you know, flipping the coin essentially that this is a ghost story. So he's, he's playing this even through the media. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, all right, well, let's finish it. So last final scene, Jack tries to attack Wendy who wants to leave the hotel, but she's able to knock him down the stairs. She drags his body into the pantry and locks the door. Jack is eventually let out by Delbert Grady and goes to finish the job on his family. He takes an ax to the door of the hotel room with Wendy and Danny inside. Wendy is able to push Danny out the window, but she's 
is trapped inside. Just then, Dick Halloran arrives in a snowcat and enters the hotel. He's ambushed and killed by Jack. Wendy escapes the bathroom and encounters the fully alive and scary hotel. Jack follows Danny into the maze but is outsmarted by the kid. Wendy makes her way out of the hotel just as Danny emerges the maze. They escape using the snowcat while Jack freezes to death in the maze. As soon as Danny says, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance, in that uh, voice, no. I'm getting rid of the kid. No, nope, yep. getting a whole brand new one. You just th- you, you, yep, you <laughs> throw that out the window, <laughs> exactly. kind of like you did, but then you just close and the window. You, and yeah. then you go, Jack, we did it. We're hey. good now. <laughs> hey, you're right. He he let's was. Let's see what that woman's doing. You're right. He re- he was really fucking weird. Uh, let's not deal with him anymore. I found a, a bear like costume, and you yeah. know we can you fuck around. You mess around, around? around? Well, role cool. play. <laughs> roll, role play. <laughs> let's roll around in the bear fi- bear skins. Holy shit, dude! Like, yeah, no, and and. Speaking of which, like when when he's just screaming red rum, yeah, red rum, Dude, red rum, like a hundred times, like a hundred times, and then he's just kind of basically having an episode, like <sighs> drooling out, mm-hmm. and you're just like, there's so many like scenes with Danny, and again coming back to I think one of the uh, just an amazing performance by this kid, unbelievable that you're like his eyes that are wide open, the moments where he's having an episode, like. He is just, its he's as scary as any part of this movie. Yeah. It, th- that's the difference of seeing this when I was younger to now is when I was younger, like Danny was the scariest part of the movie for me. He was like the bad guy of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. the, oh, the, the Tony's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you realize it's like, no, there's a thought that like Tony w- is his future self. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's what it is in the book. Yeah. Is that it's, okay. it's, it's his coming back self. to protect him. So yeah. at that point, his future self takes over and is like, Danny, you're not here. You know nothing of what's happening He's here. He's kind of makes him black out. Yeah, uh, he makes him black out so that he'll have no recollection of what's going on. It's it's weird how different moments of your life you'll feel this movie differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like uh, the scenes of Dick Halloran getting to Colorado, which I don't know how he got that what, flight. Well, okay, yeah. What, what an amazing... I'll tell you what. I had a flight cancellation getting back <laughs> most recently. <laughs> Things were just different back then, you know. You could smoke on airplanes. You could smoke on airplanes, <laughs> and I'll I'll be honest with you. I gotta say this though, guys. I'm sorry, but why why didn't you just say you're like, oh hey, uh, yeah, you couldn't get through up there. Yeah, I'm gonna need you guys to go up there right now, all of you. Just snoke it and take like six of you. Just take six <laughs> of you because. Because I guess got like I'm pretty sure it take me like a day. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm in Miami. Hey, you think I want to go back I'm to in Colorado? Miami, I'm in bitch. my swinger pad in Miami. Yeah, exactly. I have these dope posters. I love how he just goes to Miami. <laughs> goes, so cool. dude's got coin. All right. Uh, so, but he just he just flips the switch. He just goes and like I'd be like no, I'd be like hey uh, hey you guys with the guns go up you there. Go. You go on up there because I think it's bad. It's true. I think it's bad. That's very true. You, you, you should just be like, hey, I know that there's something weird going on down there. The kid can't just lie. Just like the yeah, kid. Just, the, the kid, kid called, called me. me. Yep. The kid called me. He's like, hey, my dad's going fucking crazy. Not even that. Say my dad had a heart attack. He's hanging on to life. They need they need support right they away. They need everybody Correct. over there. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a dire a bear, situation. A bear. The Indians got in and they're shooting arrows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, no. Yeah. The, the bears. The bears oh, and the man. lions. Turns out a snowboarder did a backflip yeah. and broke his neck. <laughs> no, because then they'd I be know. like, wait a second. There's no <laughs> there skiing no up there. We better go anywhere. investigate. So it's like, 
another thing kind of like about the novel and like a subtle fuck you to Stephen King is that when he's on, when Dick Cameron's on his way in the, in the car oh, yeah. towards, towards the hotel or towards getting the snow cat, there's that overturned truck and there's a, <laughs> there's a red buggy underneath. And in the novel, it's supposed to be a red buggy that a the beetle, uh, Volkswagen sorry, beetle. Yeah, yeah. The beetles that, uh, torrent, the torrents drives. Oh shit. And instead it's a yellow one. So it's, it, it's said to be like a subtle fuck you to Stephen King. He's like, no, fuck your script. Fuck your original story. I'm doing my God. thing. You know, God. that's so weird to me. I like, like, why do you pick a red beetle? Why? <laughs> I just, I've got to say like the whole him traversing this whole way. And then he just gets axed. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> he literally made the worst decision of his life. Yeah, exactly. It, it, just, it was the silliest thing I've, I've, I've maybe ever I seen. I feel real bad. Yeah, you feel terrible because you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, well, we got to have somebody die. And yeah. it's like, what? You're going to, like, this guy travels across the United States. Brings the escape vehicle. Yep. And, 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 and then he, just dies. And then he just dies. He's uh, announcing himself and he has no weapons. Hello? Is Hello? there? Yeah. yeah. You, you mean like I again, there's a there's a reason for everything. And apparently this just must be the oh, my gosh, this is a death that just should not happen, I suppose, card that you're going to play. But it's it was maybe the most frustrating part of the movie. It's also could be said to have been another fuck you to Stephen King's. I believe Dick Halloran survived. He was supposed to be like a bigger hero. In yeah. The whole thing, right. Uh, in, in the book. And so like, God damn. But it is just like shocking to see him. And I, I, every time I watch him, like it's this pillar. He's behind this one. That's the one. He's he's behind there. I know it's this one. And then it's like always the last one. I'm like, well, I didn't. How did I forget? <laughs> it does add in that like you could see Jack doing this to his family now since uh, he's done this to a random person. Yeah, so he's got to kill somebody, right? There is a like, threat. You know, there is a definite, definite threat of him not even just being crazy of him just being yeah. a killer now. You know, there, there's a weird moment for me that that didn't seem to fit in the movie <laughs> like that he gets locked into the pantry. Mm. Yeah. And and he wants out, but then he clearly falls asleep. Yeah. But but he like took the time, even though he's an insane person, he took the time to eat snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of my like favorite snacks. Butter, I mean. yeah. Yeah. He, one of my favorite snacks. Finally, like coming out of his crazy, be like, I'm really hungry. Oh, ooh, peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, they got goldfish. Cool. I don't know how long I'm gonna be in here. <laughs> ooh, Oreos and peanut oh, butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll try the goldfish with the peanut butter. Fuck it. Oh, is it Rice Krispies? <laughs> so it seems like something that Kubrick would have never. Again, yeah. like, were you really trying to put everything in every scene? Because that feels weird to me. Well, he I made mean, like a bed on like sacks of wheat or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, to be honest, man, every anytime someone asks me, like, "Hey, do you want to house it? Fridge is full and stocked. So you can take whatever you want." I'm like, that's a fucking challenge. Yeah, like, if man. I was if I was caretaking a hotel and like, e e whatever, I'm like, we're eating in everything. Good, we're Lord. eating and drinking literally everything we can. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like that's uh, I would love that because she's opening up family sized cans of fruit cocktail. <laughs> yeah. You mean you're gonna like do up an entire like pork roast and like steaks and all this? Yep. Stuff? You got forty-four of them. Forty-four. Forty-four. <laughs> there you go. At least he's creative with one sentence. Is he? Yeah, his old, his pages, the way it's laid out, all all, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. At least he's got like there is some cool designs. different designs and stuff like that. You know, and well, it's a fact actually that Kubrick made his secretary write literally, I think like 200 pages of that. She's 
still living that down if she's yeah. still I don't know living. if she's still living. I was going to say, if she's still <laughs> living. Killed, it killed her. How terrified would you guys be at that point, though, if you found that? like, and you? All right, Mike, here's a scenario for you. Sean has just been kind of irritable. And you guys have been your your roommates. Turns out I can go over and look at his your iPads. buds. Yeah, and you you've got his 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 iPad, and he's like, "Don't look at my iPad, okay? I'm, don't look at my tabs open on my my browser." And Fuck he's, the world. Fuck everybody, especially Mike. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. What like what happens if, if and he's been telling you I've been writing this amazing story. And that's all. It's it fucking is. phenomenal, and it's just like he's like I I, I can't wait for no, you it's to like like read like, experience. I it. hate Mike. I hate the pork tornadoes. I hate Mike. I hate the pork tornadoes. <laughs> this is my podcast. This is my podcast. This, this is, is my podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to react to that. And then all of a sudden in the background, you hear like somebody put on like the <laughs> album, like shining, uh, like, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. Is this free country? I mean, is it, I'm just, I'm just expressing my creative outlets. This is poetry. Yeah. It's just, it it's actually just, look like some poetry I've read. I'm like, that's not poetry. <laughs> They're like, no, it's fucking art. It's my it's art. Awesome. Okay. It's my art. You don't get to just tell me what my art is. You in in the making of documentary, you can see Kubrick coming up with the shot, the upshot of Jack talking to Wendy through the yeah. door. You know, you can see him just like looking around with like a lens, like I don't know about this. He's like, and he finds. Let me, it. Let me just try this. And it's just like, oh my god! Like one of the most famous shots ever. It's just like he's just like, oh, I'll just try it. Let's see what happens. The, the here's Johnny. Well, it's it's in, uh, in the, well, oh he's still yeah, yeah, sorry, in, right? looking up in the walking. Yeah, 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 that's just. How do you even think of that? It's fucking. That's so the good. last shot I would think to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and I think it it just it adds a lot of unease and a lot of like I- inverted perspective. Obviously, no pun intended. Like that, he the 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 knob is on the other side. It feels like to you, and it's it's very unnerving. You know, yeah. she had a lot of trouble with that door. I gotta say, she she's like I know she's probably stressed, but it's just a door. And it's just a hand, <laughs> and you just, just gotta pull the, thing, pull the thing. Like she struggled a lot, quite a bit, and it was pretty upsetting. And uh, but but uh, she did get him in there. But how did he get out? There's a lot of theories yeah. on that too. I didn't look at him. I, 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 I think at this point, you just you're just gonna let this go. Old Grady, I, let him out, huh? I, yep. The, the hotel let him out. The hotel let him out. Yep. Oh you, my god. I guess. Like it's, it's something I'm just like, I was doing so much research for this and like, I saw that I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) well, like there's so many stupid theories on like, not stupid. Sorry. There's so many theories on it that are, that just go through and none of them give any definitive answer. No, they do not. There's no definitive. You could not tell me this is what this movie is about. And this is the, what exactly is happening. No, you can't tell me that. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the idea of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. What about um, the face in the door? I mean, obviously, this is just a movie about him rocking around and knocking holes in doors <laughs> and just <laughs> that's all yelling. This is. That's all this, that's is. All this movie is, obviously. I didn't like, I, I heard that was ad lib, the here's Johnny. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't know why. I don't like like this pop culture reference in this movie. It doesn't make it's like he just it doesn't did feel it. right. It doesn't make any sense, but like it's just so somehow so synonymous. It and, is. And it's one it's of the most, most famous line. One of the most famous lines of any movie. And well, like and then 
Kubrick didn't even get it. No, because he's yeah. he's British. He lives well. He lives in London. He's okay, from yeah. he's from New York, but he lives in London. He's like I've, I haven't watched that show. I'm sorry, dude. He's like, but because he, it was ad lib. He was this close to cutting it. Yeah. out. And it's one of the most famous lines. It's one of the most famous lines of the whole thing. And, like, well, thank God he didn't have to go and, like, get a new door for that because reshoot yeah. it. Jesus. Also, he was so good at axing those doors down. I think he, I think they went to, like, 60 of them because he's a <laughs> volunteer firefighter in real life. Oh, yeah. That's right. Jack Nicholson is. He, he axed down, like, doors because it was, they were made, like, doors that are breakaway. Yeah. You know, like like breakaway glass bottles and things like that. Same thing with the door. He went right through them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to think about because I clearly ruined last week's movie of Fifty First Dates at the end. Yeah, uh, I'm going to ruin this <laughs> one again. Wendy and Danny. Wendy doesn't know shit about driving a snowcat. She has no clue where she is. She slept the whole way up. She does not know where she's going. Yeah. No one knows she's out and about in the world's worst snowstorm ever. Her and Danny get lost and die in a snowcat. <laughs> They're dead, huh? There is no fucking way. And even if they survive, then what happens? Like they're like, How, what, what's going on? Oh, my husband murdered. Like he turned into a psychopath, and then he tried to kill us. What? Wait, what? Like there's some. There's the aftermath of this story is going to be a lot. Uh, immediate aftermath is going to be tough. We'll go through some yeah. uh, some an alternate ending that they had yeah. in a, in a little bit. But let's uh, see. I don't. Know, you might be right. Okay, you might be right. The the maze. Uh, so rewatching, right? I I totally had the thought in the maze. I was like. <laughs> it was it was it was a uh, classic AJ watching the Olympics. It's just like, well, you're just gonna follow the fucking footsteps. <laughs> At some point, turn around. I mean, he's just gonna he's just gonna follow the footsteps in the snow. It's a kid, this kid's getting fucking axed. <laughs> this kid's getting axed, and it's just like, and then it was like, oh, okay, they did think of that. I'm not that smart. Okay, that the movie is smart. Okay, yeah. so they gave it the the kid the out and everything. Uh, again, Jack's hollering. It's yeah. just like no, huh? no, no, no. the last lines in this movie are just his name. Yeah. That's all it does. <laughs> it's all anybody says. Yeah. The shots in this movie are, I mean, obviously incredible. Like the symmetricalness of everything is yeah. great. And the, when he's axing the door, the the quick whip pan with when he's axing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking cool. And then like w- the tracking shot of Jack Nicholson in the hedge maze with like the lights peering down uh, underneath him. He's just yeah. kind of hoveling and looking forward, doing the Kubrick stare Creepy as he's shit. moving. It's just it's so it's, fucking it's good. It's terrifying, man. Um, but it's also kind of apt that he does this trick of like tree trees retracing his steps or anything because it's kind of like a Looney Tunes thing. It's kind of like a Roadrunner thing, which he was watching. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Earlier Shit. in the thing, so it's kind of like a, just a little subtle thing. Like that's maybe why he thought of that. You know, just he being learned a kid. that from cartoons. Yeah. or something. there's a lot of cartoon references in this almost. Then mm-hmm. call him Doc, like Bugs Bunny does, and there's, there's like, like the a things and Slippy Slappy or whatever on the door of. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the seven doors. Yeah, Slippy yeah. Slappy. <laughs> Slippy Slappy. Samsonite. Maybe. Samsonite. Maybe it was drowsy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys got anything else you want to talk about here in this move before we wrap it up? I, I mean, there's the bear blowjobs. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Would we need to talk about? That no, okay. no. I, I, one more thing. I just, I just like that the soundtrack. It in in keeping with like the overlook kind of being a living, breathing character and a thing in this movie is like when the soundtrack is like all like the chance, all like the human. Oh, like, oh like, yeah, chance yeah, when, yeah, like, yeah. The hotel has finally become it's, alive. It's and- yeah. It's now becoming alive and now it's like manifesting this noise. It feels like it, like uh, Wendy can hear it. You know, it's, it's just so it really does. 
You know, it like feels it, like she's hearing what we're hearing. There's certain instances where, like, even the soundtrack lines up with her screams too, where it's just like, yeah. Uh, and when she's in the bathroom and he breaks, he's breaking through. He's like, uh, "Wendy, here I am," or whatever. And she screams, and there's like a, a screech of a violin too. And then like when he's uh, first going to the bar, and like it's it's just like like random violin strikes. Yeah, it, one of them lines up with him doing this. It's just so. I mean, I don't know if it's luck. It can't be. No, <laughs> you know? we we like to say there's no chance that this is luck in this yeah. movie. Did you say there was an alternate ending? There's an alternate ending in this thing. So apparently it was released, um, and I think after maybe three days, maybe three weeks, it was uh, Kubrick himself pulled it. But the alternate ending had Wendy and uh, Danny surviving and, and them ending up in a hospital. And um, Mr. Ullman comes and says that we couldn't find any trace of whatever, whatever the hell you were talking about. Uh, Jack's not around. The hotel's There's fine. Dick Holleran's not even there. We don't know where he is. Um, I'm sorry. We can't, I'm sorry that you're... Your husband's God. dead. Then he gives Danny the tennis ball. And it, I kind of like that better. You think you do? I think I like that better. Wow. Well, and again, it kind of it kind of adds to the point of the speculations of things of of they're all going crazy, or maybe Danny's not the only one who has the shining. You know that uh, maybe they they all do to some degree at this point, or yeah. as they're going more crazy and and. Uh, Danny's projections of it. I don't know. It's, it's very, cause you know, it's, she is experiencing those visions near the end, you know, her looking into the bedroom and seeing the, the bear, seeing the blood from the elevator. Those are the things, you know, and then the, uh, the, the ballroom and dust and, and skeletons. She is experiencing that now too. So like that might wrap it up easier for, honestly, Wendy more so than anybody mm. in this whole experience if it was ending like that. So I just have one more thing. If you feel just bear with me, it's kind of about this movie and about film criticism in general. Uh, the fact that this film has maybe the most interpretations more than any other movie ever made is not an accident. The truth is no matter how many theories there are about what this movie is truly about, they are all right. I think this film was meant to be watched many, many times. It is meant to make you think about it. It stays with you. Whether you think it's simply a ghost story or Kubrick's confession on faking the moon landing or it's a metaphor for the genocide of the American Indian or it's a metaphor for the damaged American family and the abuse of a father and a husband, that then they are all correct. A great film is meant to flow, meant to ever change over time. And that's why I think, like even even like criticism, we we do tend to make fun of people like in our in our segment, <laughs> AJ's yeah. reviews or whatever. We tend to make fun of them, but it's only that's because it's only because they don't offer anything to us. And if right. and if they do offer something to us, it is kind of comical sometimes. But to uh, hammer in the point where it's just like whatever you think about a movie. It's you're you're not wrong. Like your opinion is not wrong, and whatever. It, even if you come up with something like it's all about Kubrick's Narrative. confession oh. of of the moon landing. It's like okay, okay, fine. Well, there's some evidence there. It's kind of cool, you know. Um, just just kind of throwing it out there, I guess. But uh, I like it, just, it. It just made me think about this the whole thing that we yeah. do in general. But yeah, yeah. I'm I sorry, like, I'm done. I like that wrap up. Honestly, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it is time to give our critical modern day ratings of this movie, AJ. What do you think about this, man? This is this is a, honestly probably the toughest review for me to give because, like, I, when you when you have to watch it critically, it's in, it's almost impossible to do in like two viewings of it, yeah. and, and on this movie in particular. And uh, you guys brought up things I didn't notice. You brought up things I thought about. Then you brought up another way that I I thought about the, the, a different way I thought about the same 
scene or scenario or part of the movie or uh, underlying tone. And you can think about this movie in about a hundred different ways. And I think that a big part of why, if I really want to get critical, um, rewatchability is a is a major deal to me. I agree. Um, for for giving a movie a rating and uh, to be able to rewatch this, even though it's a little too spooky, it still draws me in enough that I, I can I could I could sit down and watch this movie again, not be completely creeped out, and and appreciate what's going on and try to catch what everyone else is trying to catch as well. Right. right. So doing that together. Um, creates an awesome experience. And I got to say, I, I'm going to go ahead and I think this might be the first time I've ever done this, but agree wholeheartedly with critics, 8.4. You're just saying that so Sean doesn't disown you as a friend. Not Sean, what do you have to say, buddy? You're right. It was, uh, I'm actually going <laughs> to give this, saying. I'm actually going to give this movie a 2.37. <laughs> That's what I expect. <laughs> no, right. You know what? I respect <laughs> nope. that. Nope. 8.4. Sean, what do you got to say? This movie ever changes for me. This, every time I watch it, I notice something different. Uh, and like I said, all the theories hold water. If you, if you really dive into them, you can kind of get whatever you want out of them. Uh, the performances are legendary. Jack Nicholson. This movie is, uh, the Jack Torrance, like right. no matter what, um, Danny Lloyd is the best kid performance of all time. And we didn't really talk about the abuse that Stanley Kubrick gave to, yeah, uh, right. Shelley Duvall, right, which right. was kind of staggering and it kind of, kind of tampers this movie a little bit. He really yeah, fucked with yeah. her a lot, but regardless, I can't, I can't not say that this movie is a masterpiece. It is a 10 for me. And I think it wow. is the most effective horror movie of all time. That's what I expected out of you, Sean. Uh, I, I. <laughs> now let me tell you, man. Let me tell you, one point two. Well, actually, <laughs> no. I, I'm not sure. I'm having a differing in opinion as I go. I don't think I've watched this enough times. Yeah, I'd agree. Because my I, initial I reaction is like. I, I don't feel like this is a scary movie. I agree with Stephen King said it's a fancy car without an engine. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was kind of like, yep, I agree with you. Like, I don't understand what the hype is. The, the scenery, the, the imagery is unbelievable and the dialogue's unbelievable, but it's like, what's the fucking story? I don't understand. But then, then the more you dive into it, you're like, oh, okay. No, I like, no, I really do like that. So like, yeah, my rating is continuously going up. I was a, what a one, uh, I think it will continuously go up from here. But at this moment in time, like I, I, I thought it was going to be lower. I'm diving deeper. It's raising as we speak. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm a 7.2. And, and I have a feeling it will continuous. Every time I watch it, it will go up higher. And higher. I have that feeling too. And I'll have to come back and get it. So that is an, that is an 8.53 for a post rating. That is officially uh, just out of the top five for us, that is right below Sandlot, right above Stand By Me. Nice. Cool. Okay. As a group rating, I feel like that's fairly, fairly doable. Another Stephen King Another adaptation. Stephen King. Yeah. There, there you go. go, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. It was a little long, but what did you expect from a it's, movie like this? It's our longest movie we've done. We so. literally could have point. talked for two more hours on I this. Agree. So thanks for being here. Tune in next Wednesday for another great episode. It's back to Mini Bite Land. Woo! And a highly requested subject matter, we are going to hit Nintendo 64. Oh, and after that, been talking about it for a long time, OG Batman, oh. Michael Keaton, we are doing it. If you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year, check out our mini bite about the original NES. 
Fits yeah. right nice in time nice. with N- Nintendo 64. There we go. And it is time to honor our beautiful, amazing patrons, patrons, rounds. Dane, Joel, Robin Fawcett, Tony B, Nick Marula, Mark Pryor, Kirlana, Jordan, Alicia, Nick Fulkerson, Camden Griffith, Francisco Rivera, Cameron J, Bud Larson, Big Big Andy, Katie Beeks, Travis Hunziker, Brian Hernandez, Greg Jackson, Mr. and Mrs. Roommate, Kale James, Jason Davis, Emilio Perez, Sean Dixon, Skylar Brunson, Jordan Hooten, Brenda Meisner, Willie Cox III, Janelle Lewis, Joseph Thomas, Marshall G, Riker Garrison, Ryan Carlton, Josh Miller, Connor Macy, Jason Botsford, Stephen Moore, Chris Pryor, Paul Diaro, Jason Hahn, Moth Maiden Creations, Travis Scanlon, Eric Hine, Michael Hodd, Gary McCarthy, Corey Vaughn, Damian Zemek, Ranger Rick and Subalu, that's my parents, Zachary Huron, Dallas B., Kitty Witch, Chaos, Revis, David Wagoneer, Tim Nash, Mike Zacker, Dwayne Van, Zachary Moore, Robert Venz, Joey Piamonte, Cole DeRocher, David Waters, Alan Cross, Sean, Zero Phonic, Amy N, Ryan Osh, Samuel Muir, Miller, David Gold, Channing Rankin, Anthony Stone, John Devlin, Zachary Jones, Seth Murray, Tina Hansen, Roland and Julie, Lilo Dallas Multipass, Joshua Goodman, Lance Davis, Jesse Anderson, Mike being Mike, James DeHart, Dale Pristupia, Lana Croft, Anthony Gwiddy, Mike Wheeler, Andrew Sautel, Eric Harding, Garrett Le- Jarrett, Layoff, Gabe B, Aaron Baker, Ryan Greb- Grabski, Michael Nash, Adam Bathin, Ryan Weaver, Quentin Moore, Aaron Vandergriff, Zach Evans, Willard Brown, Justin Wooley, and Todd Fajol. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, fuck. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Please stay in touch with us by following on all of our social media platforms at Confused Breakfast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and Confused Be Fast on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice right now. Also, we have merch. You know you want to rep the Confused Breakfast in public. Mugs, stickers, shirts, all kinds of goodies. Go to ConfusedBreakfast.com for a direct link. And don't forget about our voicemail number, 319-804-9596. Links to everything you could ever need from us are in the show notes or at ConfusedBreakfast.com. This includes a way to follow all of us individually in our personal projects that we want you to check out. Mission of the day, tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.